Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, nerds, and welcome to the Engadget Podcast. This is episode 37, Modern Things. Um, I am your host, Terrence O'Brien, and I am joined this week by Evan Rogers. Hello. And Chris Velasco. Hey! How you guys doing? Very I don't, well. I don't understand the musical reference that is the title of this episode. Can you explain it to me? It is a Bjork song. It is off of the album Post. Okay, good to know. File that away <laughs> under things that I will never need to know about Do again. You- <laughs> Do you get most of the musical references for the titles of the shows? I think I think one of them was Intergalactic. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a Beastie Boys thing. That was. I heard that song when, when I was in third grade. <laughs> that came out when you were in third grade. Ninety seven, right? I thought that was just like a machine learning, like word tumbler. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was just like uh, magnetic poetry, just yes. naming all of these. Notes. <laughs> you, you generated a word cloud and just like picked out the second biggest one. Nope these these are all song titles. There is a playlist of all of the titles. Wow, that's on cool. Spotify. That's which, a good thought. Uh, I've been failing to update for the last several weeks. I should probably do that, Damn and we should just start embedding it, <laughs> embedding it in the uh, posts. Yes. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Oh, and that's a thing that I think uh, we I should definitely do. So a little bit of housekeeping up front. Mm-hmm. That will probably replace the YouTube embeds in our podcast post going forward because I do believe this is going to be the last one we shoot on video. Okay. Wait, what? (laughs) Say it ain't so, last video podcast. I know. So now you can do your uh, radio voice and feel a little bit less weird about it? No. No? No. (laughs) I will never not feel weird about that. I feel like if you don't have a camera in your face, it's much easier to just talk like this and put on a really exaggerated voice. Yeah, but I kind of do that anyway. (laughs) Well, do you want to tell people why... We're moving to audio only? So we're moving to audio only uh, for a number of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a video podcast is very resource intensive. Yep. Uh, it requires editing. It requires planning to, like, book a studio and all of that stuff. Yeah. Audio, though, is a lot more flexible. Yeah. Which means we can bring people on the show from the West Coast. We have a whole bunch of editors right. out on the West Coast who have just never appeared on the show. Uh, it'll make it easier for us to bring guests in and do interviews and stuff like that, which we're really excited about. That was sort of like the initial vision when we relaunched this show. Right. Right. And so we're we're taking some steps to get to really get back to that idea. Yeah. And you know, we just need to be able to spit fire. Yeah. Like whenever we need to. And that's sort of the thing. I think, you know, being able to work around other people's schedules is very important if you want to get people on the show. Yeah. They can, instead of having... That's true. People don't know that. It's actually very hard <laughs> to get guests on podcasts. Yes. Because they're busy, usually. If they're important, it's even harder. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've extended a number of invitations to people who have unfortunately had to decline because of the timing of the recording. So we, we shoot this at 10 a.m. on a Thursday morning, which is not super convenient for get people who have here, jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's going to allow us to do some different things and be a little bit more flexible so the show's gonna show's gonna evolve there will be no more video but you will still find us in itunes yeah. and stitcher and pocket casts and google play and whatever other place you get podcasts from yeah there's so many there's so so many but it's however you like it so there you go yeah terrence i have some news to drop on you with regard to all of this stuff so i don't know i don't know if this has been made clear to you yet but we're ending the video podcast so that devendra and i can have our own tech review talk show in the Huffington Post bed studio <laughs> down the hall, and we're, we're calling it Tech in Bed with V&D. Yeah. So you can look forward to that starting never, because that's an awful idea. <laughs> Did, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've pitched that before. But I, 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 pitched, like I had idea. a better title the last time I pitched this, and I could not for the life of me remember what it was. Um, 
Then the, the, the changes to the podcast also go along with some changes that are going on at the website more broadly that I oh, yeah. just quickly wanted to address before we get to like the real heart of the tech news stuff. Um, get so in there. If, if you've checked the site, you may have seen there is a letter from our new editor-in-chief, Chris Trout, talking about kind of the future of the site and tweaking some of the way we approach things. Um, do not expect like super dramatic changes necessarily. We're not like going back to 2006 uh, super gear heavy stuff, but we are going to kind of try and refocus a little bit and get really back to um, the stuff that we do best, which is really lots of tech, looking at the future and how tech impacts that, and maybe pulling back a little bit on some of the periphery stuff. Um, we have, to be fair, done a lot of politics this last year for very obvious reasons. I mean, yeah. we're not going to stop doing politics, right. uh, but you know. Expect perhaps a little bit less of that or a little bit more. We're uh, showing our work. You guys should visit the website, yeah. look at the posts that we put up, and and let us know, you know, let us know how you feel about it. But uh, we're pretty open about exactly the changes that are being made to the site. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's going to be cool. Yeah. I'd, I think it's all, all good stuff. And if you go, I won't bore people by talking too much about the internal working stuff, but there's some changes to the masthead and stuff, too, that I think kind of lay out the direction we're heading, and those are worth looking totally, at. And, totally. You know, giving congrats to people like James True and Dana Woolman. And James Aaron's True! <laughs> <laughs> also Dana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, also Matt. Oh, Matt. Also and, Matt. And Nate yes. and Billy Steele and Richard Lawler. There's yes. a whole bunch of Okay, so here's, yeah, here's the Everyone thing. Everyone got promoted. If you don't know all the names of the awesome people who work on our website, go to the masthead yep. right now. Yeah. Go follow don't, everybody. Don't stop the podcast, but open up an additional tab on your phone and just go look at all the cool <laughs> people that work at our amazing internet website. Yeah, and follow them on their social media channels. Follow them on go, social. Go tell them how much you love them. Because but in a nice, in like a not yeah, not, way. not a creepy way. Yeah, but you still should though. Yeah, just tell them they're great. Don't send photos of yourself outside their houses. Stop short of that. Yeah, that seems fair. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, do you guys want to get into the news now? Kind of. Let's do it. Get focused. I don't know. I'm still stunned by this no video podcast thing. Like, <laughs> where do we where do we go from here? I'm a little shaken in my look? core. What do I do with my hands? Well, we're gonna go to distract me with the news, please. We're, go we're gonna talk about video. <laughs> That's how we're gonna oh, start. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so, I guess Sunday, right? I believe so, yeah. It was, it was Sunday. Um, there was a little bit of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was an, it was an event. Yeah, I sure. Mean, it was a, yeah. Uh, so. A thing that happened on the internet. A thing that happened on the internet. Uh, Steve, Steve Stevens. Uh, a, a man. Crime. From, yeah. A man from Cleveland who went and shot an elderly stranger yeah. in the head and killed him and then later posted video of himself doing that yes. on Facebook yes. and live streamed a confession to the crime. That's right. That is the chronology. He posted a video uh, and then the, the live stream was of the confession. There were a few very early headlines that were, said that there was a live stream murder, which is not what happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, those, those things to be fair get, can get a little bit confusing. There's usually in the immediate fallout from these sorts of events. We just want to be clear. Yeah. We just want to be clear on the chronology of what happened. But, you know, uh, basically this man kind of used all of Facebook's, like, most modern social tools to broadcast about his, the crime that he the homicide that he committed. Yeah. And so, I mean, part of the kind of controversy surrounded the fact that it took Facebook so long to remove the video as right. well. It took, uh, I believe, almost three hours before they pulled the video down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so they said uh, that the nobody reported it initially, which I think is... I find hard to believe. I actually think that's totally plausible. You do? Well, yeah, because there's kind of that thing of like, well, surely someone else reported this. I don't need to report this, right? Like, it's like some, surely someone else like pulled the fire alarm type of situation. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, I believe it. I, I actually believe that. Um, the problem is, is that like once that happened, it's, uh, it, take, it does take a long time. And also like there, this, I think this story, I mean, obviously this story is tragic. Yeah. Um, but I think it, 
it's gaining traction, at least in technology publication circles, because it kind of highlights all the ways that Facebook is cutting corners when it comes to the management of the content on its platform. Yeah. And, and, and not to lay the blame entirely at Facebook's feet, although I do think that this does highlight a number of issues specifically at Facebook. It kind of also speaks to larger problems with social media and live streaming video in general. Right. Um, this is not the first crime to be posted as a video on no. Facebook. No. Uh, even if he had live streamed the murder, that would not be the first live streamed crime on Facebook. Right, right. And similar videos have ended up on Periscope, on Twitter, I'm sure YouTube as well. I mean, I mean Live Leak has been around like forever. Yeah. You know? Um, but I mean, like, this is the thing is that, like, when Facebook hits a problem that needs to be solved by people, they really kind of shrivel and look for an algorithmic way to do it. And I mean, like, in Edgar's piece, which you guys should go read, because, first of all, you know, it's it's a very good and concise, <clears throat> excuse me, look at exactly what happened in this case. So you should really, like, go and, and read it. But, like, when it comes to, like, the trending bar, mm -hmm. you know, instead of actually fixing the problem, they fired everyone and went with an algorithm. And then subsequently after that, the algorithm goofed up in a bunch of ways, which... Makes started sense. promoting a bunch of yeah false news stories yeah a bunch of false news stories and so like clearly Facebook has this recurring issue where like they just aren't willing to really throw in the human resources to do a lot of things I mean like there this is not the only aspect of it like there's the policing like live videos uh, they say they have like a machine learning way of like looking at them and like screening for just like straight up pornography. That's all well and good, but like you know, as someone who does social, like, and you know, in past jobs have like created ads for Facebook, you you get once you have a couple of ads on Facebook, the next ad that you make gets approved like within minutes, mm -hmm. which means that there's no way that someone's doing like extreme diligence on the other end. It's like once you've set at least a minimum bar, yeah. they're like, yeah, fine, whatever, you're good. you're good. I mean, it does kind of beg the question, though, like, what is Facebook's responsibility in all of this? It's really tough to say. I mean, as pointed out in Edgar's post, which, again, is very good. You should go check it out. There are some people seem to think uh, an entity like the FCC should be more involved in situations like this, sort of policing the content that we're making available on these sort of publicly available networks. And I don't necessarily buy that. The question I'm sort of trying to wrap my head around is, would would an extra dose of transparency from Facebook in this particular situation help rehabilitate its image? Like if they if they came out and said, this is what happened, this is our process. This is the timeline. This is, exactly, yeah. because so to your point earlier about no one uh, reportedly reporting that video for right. several hours, what is what is the timeline from the first person who hits report right. to the first person on Facebook's side looking at it? So honestly, and what happens from there? I think... I think that if they did publish something like that, mm -hmm. I think that would that would be really helpful. Yeah. You could, you know, the problem I think that they, I, th I mean, I think the core of the issue is that people are like, Facebook, you just don't care about this. Like, you say that you care, but then in your actions, you don't reflect that, right? If they published some kind of timeline or had some kind of transparency about how their system actually worked, mm -hmm. I do think it would actually be like, listen, we got to this as fast as we humanly could. Right. You know? and, and the issue that I'm seeing is that all of the attempts we've seen so far to cast light on how this process actually does work has, has come from journalists who have broken stories, which yes. is fine. And like credit to them, they're doing really good work. But like on some level, Facebook should be able to say, okay, well, you've read that story about how we have people in the Philippines monitoring stuff that goes up right. on Facebook for porn. Like, let's hear that from you. Let's hear some responsibility from you, the company that is not only making this kind of stuff possible, but on some level encouraging people to go live with their lives and not really thinking about the consequences that go with it. Yeah. I do think, though, like, <clears throat> the point you had just a second ago about the FCC getting involved, like, this is complicated, yeah. right? Like, as soon as you start talking about, like, uh, you know, one of the things Edgar, the parallels Edgar draws is to the seven-second delay on television, you know, and then any regulation in terms of uh, you know what you have to do to monitor this kind of stuff it will it will actually stifle innovation like there are tons of video I mean like uh, Cabana 
just came out the other day, right? The, I have no idea what that <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, well, it's Tumblr's new app that lets you watch YouTube videos mutually with, I think, eight of your friends. It's either six or eight. Hasn't you, this been done before? It definitely has. I don't know with Mutual eight. watching stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't it, know about with eight, but. It has. But anyway, so like if you, if there was like a law in place that was mm. like, you have to have a delay on this, like that, that app is just not possible. So yeah. it's like, it's a lot to consider before, you know, cases like these draw, you know, lend themselves to knee jerk reactions mm-hmm. by a lot, by everyone. Yeah. Because it's crazy what happened. But, you know, like also it's very complicated. Yeah. And back to this whole FCC thing, which I just kind of fascinates me because with the new commissioner, Ajit Pai, very staunch conservative, he's a Republican dude. Right. Very smart, very funny, very young. He's going to be there for a really long time if he can help it. This guy has pushed for a rollback of some of the net neutrality stuff that we've seen pushed by President Obama in the sort of waiting days of his administration. The issue with that and the parallels that I'm sort of kind of seeing now for the first time is broadcasters have the ability to put, in a lot of ways, whatever they want on their air, on public air, funded by our taxpayer dollars. Uh, But they have standards and practices, departments that they are beholden to. That's right. If we're no longer looking at the internet as this sort of publicly available, almost utility kind of service, this network, does that basically mean that there is no need for a standards and practices kind of body at organizations that make this kind of stuff possible? Hmm. It's a witty question. I don't expect anyone to have an answer for it. It's just like no. It's just that's a that is that is <laughs> a question kind of at the at yeah. the heart of this, right? It's like who. Secondarily, from the responsibility that Facebook obviously had and should obviously like own up to, is the responsibility of like technology and broadcast companies outside of traditional broadcast. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and that's I think that's sort of the the problem that people are starting that we're kind of starting to face, and this is where a lot of people get tripped up. And what makes this such a complicated thing is so much of our consumption is moving, not necessarily to social live streams, but to online video in general, Yeah, which is regulated very differently, if at all, basically. I mean, <laughs> if you want to, like, if you want to put a video somewhere, you can uh, find a place. You, you can do that on the internet. Uh, if you wanted to broadcast that video on uh, live television, there are some hoops to jump through. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I mean, I think that's sort of the question: is should there should there be hoops? Period to jump through for great question, Terrence. <laughs> I would say, well, I would not say anything actually. Frankly, <laughs> frankly, it's too this, big of a question to even like. This is this is way it. way above our pay grade. You think for sure? I mean, like as someone that does social all the time, I mean, like no, you. There's so much great stuff that happens because people can just let their crazy minds go in this like ether of bullshit that we all do online. It's great. It's wonderful. And then <clears throat> there are also consequences to that freedom. I don't know. I think there should be hoops, but I don't think the users are the ones who should have to jump through them. I think if that's, I want to be yeah. able to stream, I don't know, this podcast or like a beautiful day outside New York City, I should be able to do that. And if at some point there is something questionable that happens in it, it's, the, it's now the onus of the platform owner to prevent that from making it out to a larger audience. Exactly how that works, I have no well, idea. Here, let me ask aside you, from like hiring more people in the Philippines to let just me, like scroll through your stuff. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Like, you know, what if you are just like, you know, you're just like some kind of like vlogging, like live vlogger. You're just like, on, <laughs> you're just like on Facebook Live. You're talking about all the brands that you really like. And then a disaster strikes or some kind of crime happens right next to you. Right, and you mm-hmm. are broadcasting it. Like technically, you're broadcasting a crime, a homicide, like something happening live. Mm-hmm. But because you're an outside, because you're an outside entity, you know, you're essentially doing some kind of like citizen journalism. But effectively, it's still on the internet and live streaming. Right. Like, so, like, what's the difference between those two things? I think the difference is. In I mean, the obviously, it's like one of them is a heinous, evil thing. Right. Yeah. And, right. <laughs> Uh, I think a lot of it does sort of sort of boil down to intent, right? Like, and that's and that's the thing that I don't know that an algorithm will ever really be able to recognize. Like, here here is the situation, here is context, sort of part of that situation without being explicitly stated. How do you then take this piece of 
content, this video or whatever, right. and sort of frame it properly. Like, is this news or is this you being like a terrible, terrible asshole? Right. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. I think for now the best answer is probably just to throw more humans at it. But Facebook really does not want to do that. I know. Yeah. I know. Which is why they've turned to countries like the Philippines in the first place. Like, right. you get their their English speaking. Like, they they're sort of culturally aware of of the West, and they realistically like don't cost a ton of money. Like. I don't know that that is sustainable, but I don't know that a purely algorithmic approach is the way to go either, at least for now. Like, yeah. who knows? Yeah. I mean, yeah, when we reach some kind of, like, high-level sentient AI, we'd be like, <laughs> then it'll yeah, be go okay. for it. Sure. Yeah. So I want to I come back real quick, though, to something you just said before, mm. Chris, which is, you know, that there should be hoops to jump through, but the onus shouldn't be on the person generating the content. It should be on the platform. Right. Uh, primarily just because that's, I think that's that's like a pretty, uh, not revolutionary idea, but it's a dramatic shift from how we've traditionally treated platforms on the internet in general. You know, the argument has always been from primarily uh, the, the biggest source of this has been file sharing platforms. Right. So like Napster, BitTorrent, they'd say, look, we provide a platform and what people do with it is not our responsibility. And you know, we've all enjoyed the fruits of that labor, I'm sure, right. at some point. So, you know, that putting the onus on Facebook all of a sudden, I think, to police what people do with their platform, not saying that it's right or wrong, but that does represent a dramatic shift in the way we've treated internet in general, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that in the sort of wild and woolly early days of the internet, you could kind of get away with anything, and if you made money along the way, like, great, enjoy it, sure. have a good time. But you have a company like Facebook or Twitter with Periscope, like, you've got these entities who's now, since they're public companies, they're, they have fiduciary responsibilities to their shareholders. Like, it's, it's a completely, it's a commercial space now. Like, I, I feel very strongly that the internet as we know it now is just like a fucking mall. <laughs> uh, which, yeah. which frankly sucks. Like you yeah. don't see. I mean, sure, we're we're, we're more creative now than we used to be, and we have the ability to broadcast that to more people than we could. Yeah. But you also have to contend with the fact that ads are going to be served against it. Basically, there is a money making endeavor at every point of that experience. Yes. And the moment you surrender your content up to this platform, they're they're going to commercialize it. Well, and that's the thing is that like this this <clears throat> so Facebook is. It's so complicated. It's so complicated <laughs> because, like, Facebook is aping everything from Snapchat. Why? Because Snapchat is an authentic live platform. But it's not for poor people. But it's okay. <laughs> I so honestly, I have not actually followed that thread with, with Evan. So, like, I'm just leaving that one yeah. behind. But, yeah, yeah. but, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think that Facebook a couple of years ago, Ben Thompson has written about this mm. at nauseum. Like, he's you should go read him if you want to like the real version of whatever this argument is. But basically, like, Facebook has an authenticity problem, and they've invested majorly in stories, you know, to mm -hmm. kind of bring people into their lives. You know, they've invested in Facebook Live, which, again, is a really kind of authentic type of media form. But the Facebook brand is for everyone, which kind of is like Disney, where it's like it's for everyone. Mm -hmm. It needs to be it needs to be PG-13 or even more applicable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, they are very much at a crossroads in terms of, like, where their brand is versus, like, the actual hairiness of the Internet. And I wonder on some level if they can ever just look at what they've created at Facebook and realize, you know what? This brand, it serves its purpose. It's great for, like, moms and yeah. stuff. But for everything else, like, yo, guys, we've got Instagram. Like, we paid a ton of money for yes. Instagram, which has stories. Yeah. And people seem to be engaging with those stories more than they do on Snapchat anyway. Like, yeah. it feels like Instagram in some ways become, A, a copycat factory, but B, <laughs> on the flip side of that, sort of a skunk works where they're able to build, yeah. frankly, features that are similar to what you find on Facebook, but things are guaranteed to get traction because Instagram is still, like, the buzzier, more important culturally platform. It's also the uh, lower barrier of entry platform. Yeah, mm, Facebook true. Facebook requires a lot more effort, time. It's a much more complicated beast. It also Man, just takes, I spend no effort on my Facebook. I mean, I don't either, <laughs> but I'm also not. No, like, I think it has the high, Facebook has a much higher cognitive load. Yeah, than fair to Instagram. say. Yeah, there's a lot of we could we things could we could on. do like just Facebook talk for like an hour. We probably could. It's true, but what else are we working with right now, Terrence? I think we should talk a little bit about phones 
Yeah, that's oh. me. That's my thing. I'm a phone guy. Hey, what's up? Is there a new phone? No. Oh, <laughs> there's no, no new oh, phones. My no. mistake. There's no. nothing new under okay. the sun, guys. <laughs> no, sorry. It's been a really slow month. Yeah, I've definitely slept really well every night of this month. Well, thanks mm-hmm. for listening, everyone. All right, that's the Engadget Podcast. <laughs> now we've got to talk about the Galaxy S8, which we devoted an entire episode to, like a week or two ago. I think two weeks ago. But but but, units are out there. People have responded. Myself. All of our other sort of like review cohorts out there in like the tech journalism world, you've all got our thoughts. Arguably, they're all kind of the same thought, but hey, here we are. And those thoughts are that it's a pretty dope phone. It's a pretty damn good phone. <laughs> uh, I feel like this is something I definitely had trouble with while sort of putting together my review on my video. I think a lot of other people did too, is how, how enthusiastic can you be about this thing, which on the surface is very, 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 very good, but then also, so was the last one, that one blew up. Like yeah. there's a level, there's a level of like inherent oh. skepticism that you have to kind of paint your review with. That trepidation is yeah, real. It's dude. it's very strange because I mean I'll I'll say it very clearly right now. The Galaxy S8 and the S8 Plus are phenomenal phones. They're probably the best Android phones you can buy now until we see what Google comes out with with the Pixel Twos. Um, and if it, if Apple whiffs this time, which is possible, it going, is possible, going off of like the design leaks and what people have been reacting to about them, right. like there's there's a possibility that Samsung has produced the best phone of the year. Right, uh, and we all know that, and we've all said that, but we're all still in the corner of our minds, like, well, what, what if? Oh, it just, what sucked. If? it just sucked. Everyone was so. I had the Note Seven, mm. so I loved it. Me too. I, I was really. Into I literally, it. when when the recall notice went out, I framed mine, and Samsung got mad at me, so I had to take it out of the frame and send it back. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, but it's like you know, you could have just taken I, the battery out. I have spoken about how cool the Note Seven is, and then yeah, just like when you kind of take, you know, when you like when you give someone props, and then they fail miserably, <laughs> like it just it just sucks. Like it's but not this even, time around. Yeah. It's it's not even a concern of like looking bad. It's just like, is it possible we could have missed something? And I don't think that anyone could have foreseen the Note 7 stuff happening, but you're you're going to see a lot of optimism tinged with a lot of skepticism. Also, you now. can't reproduce that problem yourself. Yeah. Like you can't make the Note 7 explode. No, really. it was just a thing that kind of happened. Yeah. So but this one though hasn't exploded yet. Uh well, I mean I think <laughs> you know, and I think Samsung like delivered. That's the thing. It's like there's still this specter, and this was not this is not uh, accidental. But like on the embargo day, yeah, for the S8, lots of Apple leaks just happened to happen, you know? <laughs> just randomly, just not not related in any completely coincidental. Way. Of course, of course. But <laughs> the thing is, the Samsung's phone is real, and there's a unit here in the room with us. Yep, yep. And I'm not scared to have it in my pocket. Right, which is a pretty big step, I think. Yeah. So I think that's a step in the right direction. Terrence, you're actually kind of a fan of this thing, which is I, odd because you hate non-stock Android devices. I do. I loathe <laughs> TouchWiz with every fiber of my being. The Wiz man. Um, and look, this is not this is not to say that Samsung hasn't made nice devices yeah. in the past, but I've also not always necessarily been a huge fan of Samsung's uh, sort of design language in general. Yeah. You know, when they did, like, the faux leather back thing, I was super not into that. Mm, I, I kind of I dig that. Band-Aid um, mode. <laughs> band, yeah, Galaxy S5 with that yep. Band-Aid? Yep. Oh. Ugh. oh, and that bright electric blue, my God. So hype. And, God. and what was the, the, the original edge that had, like, just the one curved side? Yep. Which was yep. dumb. Which I think also <laughs> might have had, like, a faux leather back. I probably That was did. hype, though. Galaxy Note Edge? Yeah. yeah. Like, that I, was the moment you knew. This like was that thing gonna be was a thing. Ugly as hell, but also hype. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was ugly as hell, and you know I I've had a a minor hang up. I shouldn't even say minor because it's actually one of the primary reasons I would never <laughs> buy a Samsung phone. It seems like a minor thing to most people, but you agree with me, mm. which is the placement of the buttons and the fact that oh, yeah. until recently Samsung has had physical or capacitive keys as opposed right. to touchscreen ones. And they insist on reversing the standard Android button order, which confuses the hell out of me. So just all of these yeah, things dude, it's have like just crisscross. You got to wear your pants backwards. All of these things have made me yeah, that's just a, not that's a, a fan. fun deep cut. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you want to know a secret? Yeah. One year I went as crisscross for Halloween. How old are you? Oh God, I don't even know. Eight? Young. <laughs> Eight. It's forgivable. Yeah. Whatever. 
How, uh, did, how did you? How does one actually get in the pants backwards? Like that, it that was, can't be comfortable. It was really rough because you've got all the meat in the wrong place. It was. Let's, it was rough. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're getting off the rails. Guys. Uh. So. But this thing is beautiful. I am very curious to see what you think about TouchWiz because I have noticed um, that Samsung has taken a design like, you know, like Galaxy S three. And four, I think, were when I really started to like hate it. Touch with you mean? Yeah, I mean, like in the first iterations, Galaxy S one, Galaxy S two, like Samsung was really actually trying hard to do a couple things. One, copy Apple. Yes. Fair. Yeah. Two, paper over all the really crappy aspects of very old Android. Like the other day, I actually uh, revived my Nexus S. Oh, <laughs> uh, nice. And like you know. People forget. I mean, people actually do forget. Like, Android was like a busted mess oh, back yeah. in the day. Mm-hmm. It was cool because you could do whatever you wanted on it, and that was super awesome. But like, but it now, was also fundamentally broken and yeah. super ugly. Now there are design benchmarks that need to be reached, and like, you know, I think I actually like basically what I'm saying is that I was a huge hater in the Galaxy, like. Guess three S four days because it was just really ugly, very stupid sounds all mm. over the place. It was trying oh to be God. cute, and it just wasn't. And it just the like, sounds are still pretty bad. It just like sucked. Like TouchWiz just sucked, and you're like, I need stock. This mm-hmm. is so bad. Now they've muted the sounds. Like the design, I feel like someone that actually studied design as like their profession is now doing it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> even if it's not my favorite, no, but no, at but least someone, it looks professional yes, and polished. Yes, exactly. What do you think? I mean, you're the one that's in it. Like. I'm, I'm a big fan, to be honest. Like, I, I was very much in the same boat as you. Like, S3 and S4 were incredible physically, but the software design was just trash. Yeah. And then they came out with the 5, which I think, fair to say, was like a step back in terms of the way that the device itself was built. But you could kind of see them realizing, oh, wait, we've got a lot of shit going on here. Let's, mm-hmm. let's take this style. Let's crank it down a little bit. And every subsequent year, S8, or excuse me, S6, S7, S8, They've continued to turn that dial down. And like there's another dial elsewhere that's just like elegance. So yes. they're turning down the shit dial and turning up the elegance dial at the same time. <laughs> and that's led us to where we are with the S8, which I think is frankly incredible. It's it's not perfect if you don't like strongly customized Android. Like this this, this just is not, is not a device you for you. You just need no. to get a pixel. Yeah. Right. But I don't know, like it feels mature in a way that touch was never as felt before. That goes a long way for like, the pleasantness of everyday use. Yeah. I mean, and I'll say this. It is, at least physically, software stuff aside, the best-looking phone out there right now. Like, For this sure. thing is gorgeous. I feel so bad for LG. Well, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I was just thinking, like, the so the LG also has a tall display. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the S8's display just, like, smokes LG's display. It's it does. really... But it always does. But... Now that the bezels are so small, like, you're right. It is actually not that far away, but, like, it's the integration and, like, the polish that makes you, like, you just, like, there's something so much more visually interesting about right. the yeah. S8 versus the LG. Couldn't agree more. And these those rounded corners, man. It's hot. I'm it's not 100% sure if I'm, like, down. but Really? really? But sure. So here's the thing is, I... I loathe, in general, the squircle thing. Like, it's just not for me. Oh. Like, just as a design choice, I'm I not know. a fan. I mean, but I like the squircle. The consistency of the squircle icons yeah. on the kind of weird rounded corner squircle screen, yeah. I kind of I kind of love. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love it. You fully turn the corner, man. There's like, I'm still not buying it, though. Like, rounds, I don't know. Very many user interface elements are 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, like, with all the apps that exist right now. And... Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's cool, but it's like uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I actually care. I think I it might actually like make some apps look stupid. I mean, it probably will. I mean, look, I'm one hundred percent sure. Once I start like diving into apps and really like spending time with the phone, yeah, I will find inconsistencies in the design and stuff that are going to kind of drive me nuts. But it looks hot. But it does look like just yeah. purely aesthetically it looks desirable. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, like Samsung, I think, kind of always has like ventured so close to like original desirability and what i mean is is like not like copying iphone and then like you have a desirable like there's the iphone then there's samsung and like maybe you want the iphone but like 
you want to also be able to like stream pirated stuff also. <laughs> so like you, you need an Android for that. And like uh, Samsung is a nice choice in that category. So like, yeah. uh, that's just like a very desirable object. And like, so I feel like since the, really the S7, Samsung has really been like firing on that industrial design. For sure. I gotta ask though, knowing what we now know about the S8 package as a whole, how do you guys feel that Bixby just like you can't talk to it right now? Uh, I mean, Bixby from the moment it was announced seemed fundamentally broken. You think? Oh, I I I absolutely never cared. I didn't yeah. even start to care. And I think that's <laughs> I think most people, Evan, will fall into your category. Like, hey, here's the thing you can do. You can't do it yet, but it almost doesn't matter because everything else is so well done. Yeah. That. Like, use Google oh, yeah. Assistant if you really need to. Like, it's a non-issue for, like, 99% totally. of the people going out to buy phones. No, I mean, 100%. Like, the fact that the, the just, like, there is absolutely no fiber of my body that, like, actually makes that, like, a, a purchasing-dependent decision. Like, they could have just not had Bixby at all. Yeah, if they just had like, I would say, still hey, buy Google the Assistant. phone. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the fact that it's not coming to all these markets has way more to do with like Samsung's like whole like business storm cloud than yeah. it actually has to do with like the real world. Yeah. Uh, who cares? I know. <laughs> it's 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 tough for me to reconcile because on one level like this is an incredibly polished by almost every measure incredibly good device. And I wonder if they like just messed up the expectations game. Like they they pushed Bixby, they invited journalists to create a go like see in person and do like deep dives to kind of build that hype to carry it through into launch. But at the same time, like, the Bixby that we did get, which does not include the voice, you can't talk to it. Like, the Bixby that we did get is of dubious value now anyway. Like, that's the thing, here's man. home screen. Awesome. Here's vision that will not, like, identify our friend's shoes because they really want those shoes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. come on. This was what you were supposed to do. And if you gotten that part right, it'd be so much easier to forgive you for not giving us the one thing that people associate with virtual assistants. Would you say that it's fair? Would you say that it's fair that Bixby falls into, like, the quote-unquote innovation category? I don't know what you mean by quote unquote innovation. Well, I mean like, innovation when, like so right actually, now, like I'm just, what I'm saying is basically that like the tech narrative is just savage as hell. Mm-hmm. Where like people are like looking at Apple and be like, "What are you doing? Like, what the hell is going on with you?" And you know, like there's a question of like, can Apple innovate? Oh, to yeah. this day, I don't Those know threads. what that means. But uh, I think that like Bixby is a similar thing for for Samsung, and that they're like, well, we need to be in like the AI assistant voice market too. Well, it's really important, like from a business and branding standpoint. But I think in real life, people are like, if if you never told them, if there was no commercials, if there was no in, like thing on the box that said Bixby, you just wouldn't even know. So here here's a here's a weird kind of cynical question. Yes, <laughs> the best kind. <laughs> Do they intend Bixby to be a success, or are they just saying we have to have a thing that we can? Like, hype up and understand Here's, that nobody's going to use it anyway. Every, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, Chris, you should answer this because you actually, like, know. Well, so my, understand, <laughs> my understanding of Bixby is that it sort of debuts with the S8, but it will eventually kind of become the thread that winds its way through all of its connected products. So you'll eventually be able to use Bixby to, I don't know, like, talk to your fridge and stuff like that. Like, there is... There is a connected option in just about every one of Samsung's yeah. consumer electronics categories. I mean, so it will be a thing. I think they count on that as important. I just don't know that they really are sold on how important it is on a phone. Samsung, I mean, they, all, they also have, like, a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, that they're, they're building towards a connective ecosystem. And I think also it's very clear that Samsung is prepping for a world without Google. So, like, I don't think they care if Bixby succeeds right this second. Mm-hmm. I don't think they care if the Samsung App Store succeeds right this second. I don't think that they care if, like, whatever the replacement for Milk, the Milk audio video thing is. But, like, they are putting together piece by piece uh, integrated ecosystem of software services and hardware mm-hmm. that could eventually compete with Apple, could eventually compete with it. And I don't know what this nuclear option is for, like, when the relationship with Google gets so bad that they're like, yo, we're out. Open source Android. We're taking it from here. Ties in. Ties in. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe. I mean, I just, yeah, I think that they're, they're just putting, they just, just they like have that card on the table now where it's like, 
Oh, you've got a, we've also got an assistant. See, but then that's where where I kind of think that's where the cynicism for me comes in is I think it's purely a bargaining chip thing. Oh, and you don't think they actually care about users like right the second? It's I just, don't. It's there. I think they legitimately have little to no expectation of these things succeeding. Like. <laughs> Like you're talking about, they have their own app store. Yeah. They've literally had their own app store for the what the better part of a decade now. Yeah, and nobody uses it. Well, who uses milk? Well, Do you use milk? I mean, milk is not the same as an app store. No, but I'm saying like they have all of these services and all of these things that they build on top milk. of their platform that nobody uses. They know nobody I bought uses. I've been through the store before. God, why? <laughs> There's such trash, dude. No, some of them are good. The font choices are terrible. But I mean, like, the Sims- sometimes they have like Nexus looks lookalikes, right. and I just I need that. Samsung isn't dumb though. Like they they're not a company run by idiots. Like they know that these things are not going to take off. They're not sitting there going, you know what? But we're very Fuck much the Play Store. We're very much <laughs> in the U.S. market though. Like that there's is true. lots of places where the where the place the Play Store just doesn't exist. I think it's also fair to say that Samsung is sitting on enough money that it can afford to just be like, hey, let's let's. Like make a media play and see how that goes. Well, well, yeah, and if it works, great. That's sure. what I'm thinking. That's 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 what I can't help but feel yeah, like yeah, yeah, Bixby yeah. is. Is they built a thing, they put some investment into it, and it's primarily a media play that they know ultimately bullet building like a fully fleshed virtual assistant is complicated and expensive, and people barely use their virtual assistants as is. Because let's be honest, what do you ask Siri most of the time? I don't ask Siri a goddamn thing. What do you ask Google Assistant most of the time? What time is it? Yeah. It's yeah. set a timer. What's the weather? That's literally the only thing that I ever ask my phone for. I mean, I'm <laughs> at least casually interested in, like, some, some like, smart home stuff. I yeah. mean, I am. I want voice, but I don't, like, care if it's a voice assistant. I just, I basically need it to just be a voice interface to be, like, turn on the lights. Turn on whatever else there is. Yeah. It's not much more than lights, frankly. But... <laughs> But I mean, like, why don't, Turn on the coffee Chris, why don't you talk about exactly what is going? Because we kind of jumped in right away. But like, why don't you talk about what is going on with Bixby and like whether or not you think it has the potential to like become something? I think it definitely does. I think Samsung very often is like, hey, guys, we've got some money. Let's throw out a thing. And then we don't really care if it works or not. I think with two acquisitions, Samsung has kind of made its plans known. So it acquired smart things for a lot of money. It acquired Viv, uh, sort of a voice interface company, also for a lot of money. And mm-hmm. sure, these might not have cost a whole lot on the bottom line, all things considered. But I think it speaks to the importance that Samsung is now placed on having, as I've said, that sort of voice thread winding through all of its stuff. Mm-hmm. If it works on the phone now, great. If it doesn't, which, by the way, it doesn't, also fine. Like, we're figuring it out. And once we start to see... Samsung voice interfaces and connected appliances and like TVs. Once those are like the default option, Samsung is going to be laughing all the way to the bank. Like they, their purchases will have paid off in a huge way for them. Yes. I don't think they frankly care at all if it's functional on the phone right now because they've shipped it in the state that it's in, yeah. which does not work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's a foundational play. And I think it's as annoying as it is to have a thing that was promised to do one thing and doesn't really. Also, the I long mean, game makes make sense. We were at the event. They like hyped it up. They oh, were yeah. like, you will be able to take pictures of anything in this world. Okay, they didn't actually say that. But <laughs> they, that, that they, was the implication. They made a big deal about it and they didn't have to actually do that, but they did. Yeah. Yeah, so Bixby. Someday, maybe. Someday, maybe. Yeah. God, yeah. I hope so. I mean, they I put would a like button to see it on the easy. phone. Yeah, it's which, true. by the way, like, I gotta tell you, the Bixby button doesn't do a damn thing. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be able to hit it so that your, your, like, Bixby home screen comes up, but the number of times I've been able to hit this thing once and have that work has been, like, 1 in 20? I need like, to remap on. that button. Like, the fact that there is a button makes me Wait. stoked. Can you remap it no. from the settings? No. Samsung says... Oh, it works now. Samsung Thanks, says Samsung. no. Samsung oh, says no, you can't. Well, that's... Well, I mean, I mean, what I want to say is, is like I read this on XDA developers and don't have an SAE yet, so XDA tells me that technically you could, but Samsung has responded and said, no, you no, can't. Stop doing that. Which makes sense. Yeah. So, we are running low on time, but I, there's so much more I want to talk about with the phone. Yeah? Let's do it. Let's do it. This is our last I mean, video episode. 
let's, let's go for it. Let's do a little so, bit. So, well, we talked about the general design. We've talked about what a mess Bixby is. Yeah. What are the other kind of big things that we need to know? Headphone jack. Headphone jack with, by the way, those AKG earbuds. Are they solid? They're not bad. Okay. They're be- they're by far leagues ahead of any other pack and earbud I've ever yes. used. And like, companies have cared about this stuff too. Like ZTE, when they did the original True. Axon Pro, gave you like a pretty True. decent set of JBL earbuds. Yes. Which I was super down with. This, frankly, is incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I wish we saw, like if you look at the spec sheet, it does have a DAC. I don't, it's, it doesn't, perform as well as like the quad DAC and the LGs did. Mm-hmm. But you can't get that in an LG now anyway, unless you buy a V20 from last year. I, dude, I, in watching all of the reviews, like a lot of, I don't know if people know what a DAC is. Oh, like a lot of reviewers no. are like, it doesn't have a DAC, but the amplifier is good. But I'm like, I think those are the same thing. <laughs> like we're talking about like a chip. That yeah, t- like it's, it's that one turns, thing, that kind yeah, of, yeah. It turns the digital into analog, and somewhere along the line, it needs to be amplified. But I would imagine that most of the time, it's just in the same chip. Most likely. So, yeah, all over the place. But anyway, so, like, did you like the sound? Like, did you like listening I to did. it? I did. I didn't have any problems with uh, with the pack and earbuds. As I said, I think they're great. The speaker, like, the one speaker on the bottom of the phone isn't amazing. But yeah. when you've got one speaker driving stereo sound, like, come on. Yeah. Like, you kind of I mean, have to cut them slack. Are there phones out there with good speakers? There, I mean, used, there to used to be. Oh! What up, HTC? That's what I was going to say. Is It seemed like it was that one phone. It really was. I think that's that's what the problem is, is that we had one phone that actually was like... Well, yeah, one M7, one M8, M9 was okay. Yeah. 10 didn't have stereo speakers. You Ultra, I don't. I could not begin to tell you what's going on with that thing. Okay, I was wrong. We had three phones with B speakers, <laughs> but they were in the same line. Right. Yeah. Uh, but really, all other phones are pretty bad. At, yeah. At, they're just all. They're just like all not that good. There's varying levels, but right. like. And I think the thing that people probably kind of learned from HTC's failure is that people don't care. Well, here I would actually I would actually disagree. Like so, um, I think that our audience is actually one of the audiences that that actually really does care. There's, you know, if you travel in like hardcore R slash Android uh, circles or or you know some of different some different circles on Twitter or look at comments on YouTube, like there is a cohort of people who really seriously cared about being able to like have really good audio come out of a phone. Yeah. And like personally, I do not listen to music out of my phone. But what I do listen to is podcasts and like right. the old HTC phones and and radio to a certain extent. Mm. Uh, the old HTC phones used to actually really be good at that, but that is at this point like an outlier. Yeah, like we just had a line of HTC phones that happened to have a great speakers, but everything else is like just okay. Well, I mean, I think that the thing is like it's 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 super niche and like I listen to my phone, I listen to podcasts yeah. out of the speaker, but I don't listen to music out of the speaker. Right. I put on the Met game and like mm-hmm. prop it on the windowsill also, while I cook. Just get Bluetooth headphones. But it's that's fine. The, it's that's the thing. It's like <laughs> most people are listening to their phones with headphones in. Or a Bluetooth speaker. There's yeah. just so many options that are not the speaker in your phone. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm very taken with the idea that with two devices, Samsung has basically said, oh, those arguments you all use to like not put headphone jacks in your phone, you're full of it. You're yeah. just, yeah. you're full of it. That's so silly. It's so, the headphone jack thing is so silly. But can you talk about Bluetooth 5? I, I have nothing that supports it. So I have, it, it oh, really? Okay. What, what peripherals do support it at this point? God, I have no idea. Like I, I, none of the ones I have, none of the ones that we have laying around. Yeah, so, so word on the street is that the cool thing is like hooking up two Bluetooth headphones. And like I don't know what kind of like technology bus teenager you are, mm-hmm. but get it, man. Get <laughs> it. Like If you and your sweetie are on the bus and you both have Bluetooth headphones, first of all, wow. And second of all, that's really romantic, and you should use it. <laughs> is it romantic to just it listen to be, the same Chris, thing? It could. Well, I mean, like you have like you know you're, you're like one bud and then the other bud, but you're not talking. You're in love. So you're in love, but you're not talking on the bus. Yeah, that's that's important. But it's important to listen to the same My ah. Chemical Romance song. Which song? No. Which no, song? It's not. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Welcome um, to the Black Parade. Done. Settled. <laughs> Done. Oh God. Sold. We need to move on from that. <laughs> uh, I mean, was the is the camera good? The camera is good. I've seen a lot of people enjoy it more than I have. Like, I I have no qualms with it. Like, sure. it's perfectly fine. I just, I, I kind of wanted a little more out of it. Like, this is very much a mild upgrade to last year's cameras, the S7 and S7 Edge. Which so, does that really fine. disappoint you, though? No, yeah. It, it, it does and it doesn't. Like, 
it is still a very good shooter. I would probably still take a Pixel over the S8s, but only by a hair and only okay. because of that back-end processing stuff. But I don't know, like Samsung has been pushing innovation as this like cornerstone of its thinking for so long that when you when you don't really innovate on some things, mm. it just mm-hmm. seems more prominent a misstep. Right. Well, so and we've been in, we've had a run of like everyone is like the camera is important. Right. Yeah. You know. So so to be absolutely clear, very very good camera. If you want, if 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 this is something that matters to you, buying a phone, the S8 will not let you down. I just wanted a little more. So. Before we kind of wrap this up, I just want to know, what exactly did you want? Because I feel like, you know, the the Galaxy S7 had a great camera. Mm-hmm. The Pixel has a great camera. The iPhone has a great camera. So good that point-and-shoot cameras are dead. Mm-hmm. Except for super zooms, but yes. But, like, at what point... Are you just like no? This is as good as like a phone camera is going to get. Are we? Are you just like I want to replace a DSLR with it? Like I don't. I don't. I don't think I could ever really replace a DSLR with a phone. But I think there's an argument to be made that we're moving into a world where displays are getting sharper and sharper with every month. That these camera companies have to keep up. And don't get me wrong, 12 megapixels is still really good, but it's not going to be good forever. So I kind of just wanted to see Samsung at least lay the groundwork for what comes next here. Well, and now we have a kind of a variety of dual lens setups. I mean, like, there's three major kinds, right? Like, there's the telephoto kinds, right. like Apple has. There's the wide-angle kind, like um, LG. LG has. And then there's the Huawei P9 or P10 the setup. monochrome. Yeah, with the monochrome. And Samsung decided not to kind of venture. I mean, that is, like, the hot Android thing right now. Why do you think that... Samsung just decided they didn't care about that. I think on some level it was probably an issue of space. Okay. Uh, but on the other, I just I I like dual cameras in general. I, I use them relatively frequently. If I do I do I need one in my day to day life? No. Yeah. Like it's totally fine. And I think that also speaks to Samsung's sort of thinking with the camera interface, which has been really it's very sleek. It's very. It is it, good. It, gives it you is actually option. very good. It's very good. It's in a lot of ways very minimal. Like when you shoot video, for example, like there are no pro controls. There's a button that yeah. you hit to record video and like that's it. And so I think Samsung understands that most people, at least for now, just don't really care. Like it's useful, but yeah. it's not to the point where it's a make it or break it decision. It is interesting that they've conceded the kind of like, like when you open up the LG camera interface, it's like, yo, welcome to the Matrix. Exactly. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Take the red pill. Like seriously, that focus peaking, like my God. Yeah. That's crucial for, for a very small number of very dedicated oh, people. Oh hell yeah, dude. Lossless audio. Right? Like oh. But for for like mom and dad going out to buy a Galaxy S8, not even now, in like nine months when it goes on sale for like hundred and fifty bucks or whatever. Yeah. Like it very much feels like a like a family friendly play, right? Like I mean, it's for my the dad masses. has an S seven. There you go. He loves he loves it. He's Is your dad a tech away. man? No. There you go. But, I mean, like, uh, you know, it's very interesting, I think, to... Well, actually, sorry, whatever. The back camera, I think they made the right choice. It's just a good... Like, you need to have a good camera. Yeah, and they have a very good one. And then, yes, and then, like, most of the dual camera setups have some kind of weird shit going on. Yeah. Like, we couldn't... I personally could not find out how to take raw pictures on the P10. You know, like, Sony has, for the longest time, not allowed raw pictures uh, on their type thing even though that's not dual camera but still like there's yeah. always some kind of weird crap going on and Samsung is like let's just like stick to the cool straight and narrow yeah well I mean and Chris you said that you think the best mobile phone camera currently is the Pixel which is also a single camera setup yeah yeah like I may, maybe yeah. Samsung has just decided having a second well, sensor back there's a you dis- know what I mean? it's like, a distraction it, yeah people want to have great like yeah like your, it's a gimmick your toddler yeah your toddler is like running around and like it's, yeah, like, the fact that you had a wide-angle lens is not going to save you from the fact that, like, you launched it, you couldn't figure out which mode you're in, and you didn't get the picture. Yeah. But I, wa- I am, like, super curious about how much they've improved the front-facing camera. Oh, it's incredible. Is so it? we're, we're up to, well, vain as I am, I've tried it pretty extensively. So it's, they've upped it to an 8-megapixel sensor with, I believe, is it also, it might also be an f1.7 aperture. So, sure. like, pretty good in low yeah. light. 
It does also have that wide angle built in, so you do get a lot. Of, we could we could do it right now. We could probably get all of us in it. I mean, plus you have those ridiculous like thirty one Snapchat style filters that turn us all into like animals. Eating so food that's and whack. Stuff. I mean, that's cool, but also whack. It's, it's more. I think but, we I think we need a photo of the three of us as cowboys by the end of this, guys. <laughs> when you when you blink, your pistol shoots. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I do some stuff on YouTube. I do some vlogging stuff, and like. Uh, the Galaxy S7 camera was actually very good in low, or I'm sorry, just in regular light. Mm-hmm. But in low light, it like really fell apart. Um, and resolution wasn't really something I was hurting for. So I'm wondering, like, I really, what I really need is like the video to not turn into mush when you go indoors. Yeah. Like, uh, but I haven't tried it yet, so I'll yeah. let you guys know. This is I got. So I just took a photo of you. Like, it's pretty good. Also, <laughs> also, you're a deer. This is very cute. I want it. I, 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 I like that. So I was. T- I wrote the lion's share of my review on Easter Sunday after hanging out with my niece cousin. She's re- we're related somehow. Okay. She's like a cousin's kid. Whatever it's, that makes you, us. Yeah. I kidnapped a child essentially, <laughs> and uh, we spent basically the entire afternoon just taking those photos. And she was thrilled, and her parents were thrilled. So as far as crowd just go, like. It's a little dumb, and some of them are kind of bizarre. But Samsung, I think, is onto something here. That's Kids true. will love it. That's how they get you. Is like you're like, oh, these Snapchat filters are so dumb. Who would, who would put a dog face on them? And it's like, children. No, hot girls. <laughs> that's can't argue with that. I true. actually cannot argue with that. So you think, but then in reality, you never know. So bottom line, people should buy the phone. People should buy the phone. But it's Unless very expensive. It, it is, is very expensive. expensive. Is but very then expensive. what phone? What's the list price? Uh, I believe it starts at seven fifty. Jesus! Outright for the S eight, and it's like eight fifty for the S eight. Yeah, plus. it's a hundred dollars more for the eight plus. Yeah. And the That's Pixel the s- is also pretty expensive. Yeah, I but significantly less. I think it starts at six. It starts the same. I don't actually don't want to say I without think it actually knowing. I don't want to be an idiot, but I I'm pretty it sure it starts the same level as the iPhone. Um, but like that's. I think the crazy thing is, is that like. Samsung actually has a very compelling argument for paying that much money. Yeah, I think so. So, to your, did you look up the price? Yeah, it's six fifty for the Pixel. So, realistically, I think it's fair to say one person would decide to pay an extra hundred bucks for a phone that looks that good. That's fair. Um, are you going to go out and buy one? No, no. <laughs> but not for the reason, not for any of these reasons. The only reason I'm not going to go buy uh, an S8 is because I take really good care of my phones, and <laughs> I. Uh, don't use a case usually, um, and I dropped my S7 one time, and it just like blew out the glass. And uh, I'm just not about that life, man. I just I just live too rough and tumble, I think, for for objects that are just nice as this. I don't think Gorilla Glass Five is going to do shit, frankly. No, it's not gonna it do was it. pretty good on the uh, the G6. I I was having dinner in Spain with like the early early review unit, yeah. And we were sort of there's the ground floor, and then you go up like a flight of stairs, and we were sitting at a table like right next to the edge of the balcony. So I have a little wine. I'm eating pasta, just like just just like a tornado of carbs, yeah. <laughs> just just slurping it all down, real good. It was incredible. I gained like 12 pounds by the time the thing was done. But anyway, at some point in that whirling dervish of pasta. I, I guess I just like lost my grip on the phone and it fell from the balcony, seriously like 15 feet onto the hard tile below. It was impeccable, absolutely perfect shape. Wait, not this G6. So I have not tested the S8 to that extent because that's very impressive. It's it really is. good. That's very. I was impressive. like, uh, I was bummed because a this was reviewed. Like, no, I'm yeah, I have to it, give it back and I broke yeah. it. I'm, yep. like, I'm that guy. But uh, it landed face down, and like the waiter sheepishly like walks upstairs and gives me the phone, and it's utterly impeccable. I've been that guy. You, you never want to be the guy that has to email and be like, "So we did break it." <laughs> we've we've done that before. Well, it, has, yeah. it happens. Oh yeah. Yeah. Generally, it happens though with uh, rugged devices. That oh you're yeah. Supposed to be trying to destroy. Yes. 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 I, it's I remember. So crazy. <laughs> I broke the Cat S60. Why? Which was supposed to be waterproof, oh, and it was not of course, waterproof. Of course that happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's wrap this up. Uh, it is time for the wind down. Oh, yeah. And we kind of recommend people go check things out besides our site, although they should also check out our site, mm. uh, including your review of the S8, which is... Which you cut 
like 1,500 words from. 1,300. Fine. It was a lot. <laughs> so if, if you're reading my S8 review and I'm just thinking, man, like I really, really don't need this many words about a phone, <laughs> thank Terrence because it could have been so much worse. Yep. Yeah. That's okay. Um, I'm just going to go first because yeah. mine is not a shocking recommendation at all. And it's – I just – I have nothing else to recommend besides the new Kendrick Lamar album because yeah. it's literally all I've been doing for the last week is <laughs> just listening to it's it. It's very good. It's so good. So, so good. I woke up Friday but morning. It, it burns me out a little bit. Like, I can't stay. Like, I love to listen to albums, like, front to back. And, like, you get, like, a little bit ways through that and you're like, damn, dude. Do you? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, I listened to it four times back to back last week. No, not that, I just, I'm, not that I'm tired and I'm just like, Kendrick, your life is dark it dramatic is. <laughs> and i'm so into it but like only for 20 to 30 minutes i got a, i got a friday morning immediately <laughs> put it on the stereo and just like every time it ended i went bloop i could listen to something else or i could just listen to kendrick again true <laughs> true. <laughs> true 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 at true. some point on monday i think i went i really need to stop listening to kendrick and i asked my wife what i should listen to got distracted came back and i went maybe i'll just put on old kendrick and just did that <laughs> Good man. Yeah. So, yeah. If you haven't listened to the new Kendrick Lamar, something is wrong with you, go do that now. Yeah, it's it's good. It's out on Apple Music, Google Play. Like Amazon. I <laughs> yeah. All of the things. I don't know. I don't personally know if it's on Amazon, but... I'm sure it is. But, uh, yeah, but is it on Spotify? My, the big Spotify. question for me is, is it on vinyl? Because I think I need that. I actually, I'm not sure. I know that the guy who said that Kendrick would re- release another album that last Sunday... He didn't, so he's he ate vinyl, like a uh, literal vinyl. Oh, I'm noisy. <laughs> That's my recommendation. Go look at the guy who had to eat his words through vinyl on noisy. That is pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to recommend something other than that, Evan? No. No? Just, nope. Just go watch somebody eat their own words? No, I mean... Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, okay. That's all I got. <laughs> um, it's pretty good, though. You should you should definitely check it out. Also, today is 420, so I'm going to recommend that you know you do what you do, but then also check out all the amazing 420 content that is like undoubtedly clouding your feed right now. So yeah. like go clouding, yeah, uh-huh. clouding. Uh-huh. Your feed well, right also now. to fogging be, up your social media. To be clear, unfortunately, we are recording this on 420, but it is going up on 421. <laughs> Maybe. Well, never mind. Yeah. Listen, so, you'll just travel. I, okay, so really, okay. That, do what that, you do. What you do normally on four twenty on four twenty one tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, we okay? hope you had a good four twenty. <laughs> yeah. is where we're going. Yeah. With so it. just smoke weed tomorrow, and then think about all the things that happened the day before. Yeah. If get you so can, high if you, tra- you can remember them. Get so high you travel back in time, basically. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now we're talking. <laughs> But it's got to be like a Ashton Kutcher, like butterfly effect thing, yeah. where you travel back in time <laughs> through your own experiences. <laughs> uh, God, Chris, what do you want to? What do you want to tell? Got a weird people? one. It's uh, it's not anything like what you've recommended, but okay. might be better. Might be better. So let me let me guy let me take you guys back to the year 1994. Okay. Bill Clinton was president. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really all I remember because I was really I was like six. <laughs> yeah, like um, I remember school sucking because I was in. Nirvana grade. recorded "Unplugged" and um, I'm trying to think out what else came out. What else is 1994? Um, I really. Oh, and it's more "Jagged Little Pill" was number one on the charts. If probably. the Super Nintendo was out, I really wanted one. <laughs> <laughs> it was out. Came out in '91. Okay, but interesting that you brought that up, and thank you for that because I'm talking about Sonic Three, which also came out in 1994. <gasps> And I think, undisputedly, the best song on that entire game soundtrack was Ice Cap Zone. It's such a dope track, and it turns out, I discovered this, like, last week, it's actually sampled from, like, the guy who composed the music for Sonic 3 and composed that song just used, like, an unused track from his old band called called The Jetsons. (laughs) So you can go out there and find uh, a song called... Hard Times by the Jetsons, and it's basically just 80s synth rock that sounds just like that amazing track <laughs> from Sonic 3, and it's incredible. Okay. All right, so the Jetsons. Jetsons with times. a Z. If we're, with okay. the Jetsons. If we're doing from this. Arizona? Somewhere in Arizona, I think. I will recommend uh, a compilation of uh, Metroid-based remixes from DJ 8-Bit Mullet. 
Um, this is 32 minutes long and 54 <laughs> seconds, but it's actually fresh as hell. These beats are so real. Okay, if we're talking about video game remixes, I also have to... What is... Wait, keep talking for a <laughs> I second. I like that we, we're, we've just gone sec. down this rabbit hole of video game remixes. No, it's cool. Like Usually I listen to DJ Cutman's uh, This Week in Chiptune, which is a nerdy admission from me, but DJ 8-Bit Mullet... First of all, I've never heard of you before, but you came out of, with... Also, stick to remixing. <laughs> <laughs> You're really good at it. It's very good. Just but, but please keep doing that. <laughs> okay. One last thematically similar recommendation on our last video podcast. This dude named Too Mellow a couple years ago put out a compilation of mashups of Chrono Trigger and Jay Z. Oh my God! Called, yes. Yes. called Chrono so, Jigga. It's so good. It's it is so. Good. It's such gold. And I want to play some for you. I'm glad. I, do yeah, 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 yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because that is yeah like we the world needs to remember that that exists because it's amazing. We just we just leave it on that. Dude. I like, think that's so. that's amazing. Like, that's it. Like <laughs> leave here and go listen to that on 421. I know you're still smoking, so get it. Get do it. Can we can we get some like crazy lights going for our last video episode? Some crazy what lights? I, I don't think we can do that, unfortunately. Oh, you got to ask about that stuff before. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> well, All right. that's, uh, that's that, Yeah, thanks. Thank you for joining me, guys. Thank you for joining us out yes. there. Um, yes. I don't know which cameras I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Uh, so thank you for watching. <laughs> Please keep listening when we move forward to our audio-only format. Um, and we still want your feedback. We it's going to be good. It is going to be the best. Okay, so also, don't forget to rate us five stars in iTunes. Yeah. For God's sake, you know it matters. But yeah. also, we put all of our videos on YouTube as well, so definitely check out our YouTube channel. And give those a like and a subscribe. Give those a like and subscribe, guys. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, get on us on Facebook, get on us on Twitter, just get out there. Yeah. And also, talk, like, actually talk to us, because, like, I am behind all these things, and, like, I'm lonely. Yeah. I want friends. Do you want them to talk to you directly and not even just to the Engadget? It doesn't matter. However you feel like it. So you can If you've got a spicy us? opinion about a story, let me have it. <laughs> so it's at Engadget. <laughs> yep. At Engadget Podcast. That's right. It's YouTube.com slash Engadget. Okay. And, and Engadget everywhere else, too. Okay. And what yeah. are you personally? Oh, it's at Evan Rogers for yeah. me. And you are? I'm at Chris Velasco on every platform, including Ello, which I got a notification saying someone just followed me on Ello. That's still a thing. Don't make fun of Ello. Ello's actually very cool. <laughs> well, I have a follower now. Um, I am at Terrence O'Brien also on pretty much everything. All E's, no A's, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty good. No, that's cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, again, thank you for joining us. We will be back next week with, you know, something awesome. Hell yeah. You want to play us out? Wait, yes. <laughs> Shit. Wait, wait, wait. Nope, it's wait, too late. No, nope, nope, I got it. I got it's it. Too late. Wait, I've... unmute. Touch bar. Shit. I've got this. Fuck this computer. <laughs> How does this. Just...